Bruce 3, verses 7 to 19. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where, you, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold to our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. This is the word of the Lord. Your Play-Doh, I will keep it. Good morning, church. We are continuing in the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews is taking us to places where it's not, it's not easy to walk in, but it is his word, and we are going to go and prepare our hearts and receive it from him. Amen. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this is your word. You gave it for our edification. You gave it for our correction. You gave it for our training in righteousness. You gave it to understand the way of salvation, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your word do all these things by faith. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. In a prayer meeting two weeks ago, I asked those present to pray for a family member about to undergo surgery. Trying to explain a little more, I said, she is right now in the middle of an autopsy. Of course, everyone look at me with a puzzled face because if my family member had really had an autopsy, all that was left was to pray for me. Thank goodness. Ana Patricia quickly correct me as she usually does. <laughs> and in a loving way, she whispered to my ear, you meant to say biopsy, not autopsy. <laughs> of course, this was a mistake on my part. An autopsy is a post-mortem examination to discover the cause of one's death, which was not the case, praise the Lord. But in today's passage, we will see an autopsy. The autopsy of Israel in the wilderness. Last week, Hebrews took us through the lives of 
Moses and Jesus and presented them as examples of faithfulness to God. Moses was faithful as a servant in the house of God, and Jesus was faithful as the son of God, the owner of the house, and the constructor and the builder of the house of God. And those are examples for us to follow. Now, Hebrews brings another example to the table for our examination, to do an autopsy. And the purpose this time is to alert us against the dangers of unbeliefs in the promises or unbelief to the word of God. So look at the first verses in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. And it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I soar in my wrath, they shall not enter to my rest. The passage is taken from Psalm 95. And this was a very well-known psalm for the Jewish community. This psalm is beautiful because it starts as an invitation. We use that psalm many times in this church as a call to worship. It's an invitation to come and sing praises and shout praises to the rock of our salvation. But later, the psalm changes its tone and tells us two stories. The first story is from Exodus chapter 17, when God delivered his people from Egypt with great signs. Israel saw the ten plagues in Egypt. They saw the Red Sea opening. They saw the cloud that protected and guided them in the desert and became a pillar of fire at nine, at night, I'm sorry, for heat and light. But they were quick to grumble against God and against Moses for what they lacked in the wilderness. They reasoned that it was better to die in Egypt with a full stomach than be free and hungry in the wilderness. Could you imagine that? But here God showed his mercy and provided for them bread and water. The second story tells the events in 
Numbers chapter 14. And those who are reading the Bible with us in the, one, the Bible through one year, this week we started reading chapter 12, 13, 14, and on. Is that right? Unbelievable how, that, how God coordinates everything, right? The second story tells the events of Numbers chapter 14 when Moses sent 12 spies to the land of Canaan, to the promised land. When the spies returned, the only good thing they had to say about the land was that the food was good. They said, it's a land flowing honey and milk. It's a land that has giant grapes and delicious figs. Apart from that, the report was about the danger in the land. And the big mistake it would be to try to fight the Canaanites. After sharing the news, the spies were split in two groups. Joshua and Caleb insisted that they could take the land despite all the dangers because God gave his word, because God promised it. The other ten insisted that obeying God's word, believing his promises would lead them to death. There was, once more, grumbling complaint in the camp. Israel did not believe God. And God decided, and they did not believe God, I'm sorry, and they decided to choose a new leader to stone Moses and to return to Egypt. As a consequence of their unbelief, God brought judgment upon them. None of those who came out of Egypt, 20 years old and under, except for Joshua and Caleb, would enter the promised land. They were confined to walking in the wilderness for 40 years until every member of that old generation died. So, the following verses give us a few warnings, a few lessons, a few pieces of advices based on these Two stories. And the first warning comes from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. And this is the warning. Take care. Take care of evil and unbelieving heart. If you read with me verse 13, it says, Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. This verse warns us of the consequences of starting the Christian life well 
like the people of Israel, but failing to persevere to the end because of an evil and unbelieving heart. Of course, we need to understand that the Bible never teaches that we can lose our salvation. What the writer of Hebrews is doing here is exhorting as if he was preaching. He doesn't know the hearts of everyone in the audience. So he is compelled to tell everyone about the consequences of unbelieving heart, of the consequences of not trusting and believing God's word, which at the end means falling away from God. In the end, it's everyone's responsibility to examine their own hearts. Listen. When we listen to God's word and we examine our hearts and find something causing unbelief and we repent, we receive, the Bible tells us that we receive grace and forgiveness. Therefore, we persevere till the end. This repentance is a sign that you and I belong to Jesus. But suppose we listen to God's word and continue in our ways, doubting complaining, grumbling, doing what, is, what we think is right in our own eyes, and in disobedience and in rebellion, Hebrews tells us to be careful with this because that could be a red flag telling us that we do not belong to Jesus in the first place. When there is no repentance. It's time to repent. When we find passages like this one, we should all seriously take a moment to examine our faith. As Peter 2.10 says, be all the more diligent to confirm our calling and election for if you practice these qualities you will never fall questions are for us today are we today holding fast to Christ and his promises and his word? Or are we living our Christian life more or less by muscle memory? We should pay attention to what Hebrews 3.15 in our scripture for today says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. But the second 
warning out of these two stories is to exhort one another every day. If you read with me, Hebrews 3, 13, it says, but exhort one another every day, as long it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Deceitfulness. You notice that? We may notice it. Or we may know, we may not notice it, the sin in our heart. But there is why we need our brothers and our sisters. The meaning of exhortation in this passage literally means to make a call. I like that. It is a mix between correction and encouragement. Hebrews now, now tells us that even though we have a personal responsibility to examine our hearts, there is also a corporate responsibility to exhort and correct each other. The contrast is really beautiful here. Because when you see the grumbling and complaining in the Old Testament, it is always done as a group. Because rebellion, grumbling, and complaining are contagious. It is rarely done alone. It always looks for adepts and supporters. But the way the Bible tells us to deal with this is to exhort one another, to make a call, to have one-on-one -on -one conversations, and to exhort your brother or sister when the deceitfulness of sin is hardening them. That is a biblical way of dealing with unbelief. When we see our brother and sister whom we love being hardened and called to the things of God or being distracted by the things of this world, it is our call to make a call and to exhort them and to encourage them. And then when, when we call, it is not to join in the grumbling or complaining, but to fan into flame the faith in Jesus. It is to bring your brother and sister back to the gracious arm of Jesus, to repentance. We live in an individualistic society where people's decision and life choices are never questioned. But the Lord is calling us to a different way of life. 
He's calling us to live with a heart for one another. This takes courage. This takes prayer. This takes time. And it takes being part of the community of Jesus. It takes being part of the church community. But the third warning out of these two stories is a call to hold fast to Christ. Look what verse 14 says. For we have come to share share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Here, Hebrews brings back the example of excellence. We can share, share with Jesus our time in the wilderness because he knows what it means to be in the wilderness. Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and Jesus succeeded. Jesus was tempted in every way and Jesus succeeded. When Israel fell in the wilderness, Jesus was faithful. And his faithfulness wasn't for him alone. It was also for us. Do you notice what verse 14 says? For we have come to share in Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus, the perfect record of faithfulness is shared with us. It is given to you and to me so that we would be seen as faithful as Jesus is seen faithful in the eyes of God. It is through Jesus Christ that we persevere in the middle of the wilderness. It is through Jesus that we receive what we need in the wilderness. Protection, food, water. It is only through Christ that we will be kept secure in the wilderness. And it is only through Christ that we will enter to the eternal rest, to the eternal promised land. At the end of chapter 3, Hebrews Give us some final thoughts concerning unbelief. And I want you to read them with me. And I want you to notice three words in verses 16 to 18. These words are rebellion, sin, and disobedience, which lead us to a conclusion in verse 19. So if we read it, you have it there on your screen. 
And it says, For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? This is the first word. Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? Verse 17. And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? That's the second word. Whose bodies fell in the wilderness. And verse 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient. That's the third word. So the consequence is this, verse 19. So we see that they were unable to enter because of what? Because unbelief. In other words, it says that if we want to know the condition of our hearts. We need to pay attention to rebellion, to sin, and to disobedience. Because these are signs of something much bigger called unbelief. As you can see, this passage is an autopsy of the people in the wilderness. And the cause of their death was unbelief. To finish, would you please stand this morning? Would you read with me 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 1 to 6. It's on your screen. And we're going to read it together. Ready? For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Let's pray. Lord, we want to present together our hearts. We want to examine our hearts this morning. If there, if there is rebellion in our hearts against your word, if there is unbelief, if there is sin in our hearts, 
And if there is disobedience, we pray, Lord, that you will bring repentance to our hearts and that you will redirect our eyes to you, Jesus, who are the only one faithful and the only one who can take us by our hand and lead us to the eternal rest. We want to put our eyes in you, Jesus, and in you alone. We pray together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now let's sing together this final song. And we can sing it 